to Boochin' and Hollerin', a podcast where we do our favorite things, drink, and talk. This week we're diving into Season 1, Episode 3 of Bridgerton. Uh, we do need to let you guys know that there will be spoilers. If you have not been watching Bridgerton, don't sit up here and listen. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Uh, there's going to be some light swearing, because mm-hmm. I cuss. And I do not. Sometimes, <laughs> when I'm passionate in the song. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't like swearing... Sorry. In episode three, a lot happens per usual. With Nigel Burbrook behind us, Daphne is searching for her love match. She declines not one, but three engagements, which leads Lady Whistledown to believe that she is waiting for a certain Duke. During a ball, Daphne dances with potential matches, Simon shows vulnerability, and we we meet the Queen's nephew, the Prince of Prussia. Across the street, Lady Featherington tries to figure out the best way to deal with Cousin Marina's situation, and she and Penelope grow closer. Later, while promenading, Simon shares intimacies with Daphne, and she explores them in her bedroom. The next day, Simon breaks it off, causing Daphne to impress the prince and hopefully secure a husband. Yeah, oh my god, so much happens in this <laughs> Um, so each episode, we're going to be sipping on a specialty cocktail or drink that goes with the theme um, of whatever we're watching or reading at the time. Yep. Today, we're drinking Montanico Port. I think that's how it's pronounced. Montanico Port. That's how it looks. Yep. <laughs> so Phonetically, back- that's, how, it's, that's yeah. how it is. Montanico Montanagio. Mont- nope. <laughs> Not Montanico Port. port. Uh, we think it's a ruby port. Yes, we think so. Um, it's back, red. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> Rubies are red. Ruby port. There you go. Yes. Back in the day, like in the 16th century, England and Portugal used to trade a bunch of goods, one of them being port. Port was Portugal's red wine. Yeah. It was called C- port. port. Yes. Because <laughs> it was from Portugal. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. When I was reading it, I'm like, yeah, connection. Okay, okay, okay. See, learn something new. Okay, sometime in the 17th century, the wine would go bad in transit, so to help preserve it, shippers and winemakers would add brandy. Um, they still do this today, so by the 19th century, port was um, sought after and prized. Um, we here in Wisconsin love brandy, yes, so it's our signature liquor, so we're excited to try it. Um, I always put brandies in my old fa- I do brandy old fashions. I do... Um, I think some people do whiskey or bourbon. I do bourbon. What do I do? I, I do bullet. I do bullet bourbon, old fashioned sweet. Yeah, I always do brandy sweet. Yeah, Although brandy's already kind of sweet. I just like sweet stuff. I honestly, if they gave me whatever, do will I, I notice? Wouldn't notice. Yeah. Nope, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, so our port is not from Portugal. It is from California, <laughs> and it's a semi-sweet wine with nutty flavors and fruity aromas. Um, the notes include plum, caramel, black currant, and red dry fruits. This is also nineteen percent, so I cannot talk today because that would explain. Yeah, I'm like eh, 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 eh. red leather, good. leather, leather. <laughs> I like. I didn't like it at first. I'm not a red wine drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I drink it, you definitely can taste the brandy in it. Mm-hmm. It's decadent. Yeah, it's, it's like super dark red, yeah. almost black. It definitely, from my understanding, port was more of like an after dinner dessert wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're drinking this at <laughs> we started drinking this at eleven a.m. Um, eleven o'clock in the morning. Port. Okay. For the pod. Okay. <laughs> For the Let's pod. get into it. 
So the episode, oh guys, this episode opens with a sex dream. X, X, X. <laughs> well, as much as... Not a, X. As much of a sex dream as a virgin mm-hmm. who doesn't know what sex has. Do they even kiss in this? I, she woke up, didn't she? She woke up in the dream. All she did, all he did in this dream, guys, <laughs> I call it a sex dream, but all he did was they danced mm-hmm. and he began to remove her glove. That was it. It was intense. She was, was waking up in a sweat. She, like, was, she was breathing so hard when she woke up. And for someone who has like no experience with men and doesn't even know what sex is, like it's a that's a pretty steamy dream for her. <laughs> so I'm calling it a sex dream. That's yeah. a sex dream in Daphne's world. It is. So then <laughs> the next scene takes us back to the real world where Daphne is spending her days rejecting men left and right. My favorite pastime. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and she's not even married. Nope. Um, and she's also hanging with Simon a lot. Lady Whistledown suggests she's turning all of these dudes down for Simon. Um, for Daphne, she's looking for a love match, so it takes time. And she hasn't realized that her love match is the man she's been hanging out. Yeah. We say weeks, They're but being, honestly, we can't, we, guys. The timeline in this we, movie, three this episodes show. now, and we've been talking about this timeline. I'm pretty sure it's maybe, it might be a week, now. maybe a week or two. It's been like a week, yeah, maybe two. But Simon's her Simon's a guy. Things move real quickly, and she, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're being stubborn or if they just really don't. She doesn't know that she loves him yet. Simon right. in the book loved her. He was like, that, yeah. that's my girl. Yeah. Right away. Immediately. But wasn't going to marry her. But wasn't going to marry her. He was like, I'm in love with her, but I can't marry her. <laughs> For her own good. Oh, He was God. pulling an Edward Cullen. Yeah. He was like, I can't be with you. New it's, moon Edward? Yes. He's like, I can't be with you. It's not good for you. Definitely not Twilight Edward. No. He's, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> I, like, I will kill everybody. Like, I will kill all these children for you. <laughs> You guys, if you haven't read Midnight Sun... So good. <laughs> Cannot wait to read it again. Edward is actually really crazy. Mm-hmm. He was getting ready to murder a bunch of children. Yep. So he's worse than Simon in that regard. Yes. Simon wouldn't murder a bunch of children. But anyway. <laughs> Edward is younger than Simon? How old is Edward? Then? So Bridgerton so- <laughs> takes place at least 100 years before... Oh, yeah, because he was in 1901 or something, right? Yeah. yeah he was born, born yeah. in 1901. He dies in 1918. So this happens almost 100 years before Edward Cullen <laughs> is born. Guys, That's crazy. I know. He was not born in London. <laughs> he was born in Chicago. Yeah, during the Spanish this flu outbreak. Interesting stuff. We're going to have some more crossovers. I know. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, America. anyway, anyway. Okay. They go to the ice cream shop, and we get this iconic spoon scene with the Duke, like, licking the front and the back of the spoon. Like, okay, all the ice cream's gone, but the he's just, I know. <laughs> um, guys, if you've seen this scene, you already know what we're talking about. Words do not do it justice. Um, Daphne is literally mesmerized by Simon licking this ice cream off the spoon. <laughs> and for someone who has no idea what sex is, she she's is very, yeah, she's into it. And so... Are we? <laughs> I remember when I first watched this, I was like afraid that Jeff was my husband was come downstairs. This whole show is me looking over my after episode five. I'm like looking over my shoulder, like I was like, if Jeff comes down here right now, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. Like, what are you watching? I was like turning the volume down. And I'm like, this. I'm a grown woman. Jeez. 
<laughs> okay. So we cut to the fe- we cut to Featherington House, mm-hmm. um, where Penelope is waiting for the mail. Um, they she's waiting for Marina's baby daddy to <laughs> write her back. Write her back. Um, Prudence, Prudence, and Philippa cannot stop talking about this prince that's supposed to be coming into town to shake things up, but Pen couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. She goes, she's like, whatever. I'm I have like actual real important things to worry about, like helping my friend. <laughs> um. Like I said, she's preoccupied with trying to find, intercept the letter from Sir George, right. Marina's baby daddy. Yes. Um, so while her and Marina are hanging out, Lady Featherington comes storming in. She's pissed that Penn is hanging with Marina. Remember, she told her girls that they could catch pregnancy, so I'm guessing that's why she's so pissed. Yep. Um, Marina's Lady, supposed to be on lockdown. And, yeah, they have yeah. her locked in her room all day, which... I don't understand. Nine months? Nine months. You're going to keep me in a room. I know why they can't send her back home. But it's... Send me back home. This Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, Lady F is basically like, we got to get you married quick. (laughs) Like, because the second you start showing, no one's going to want to marry you. Right. we have to marry you off quick. You need to have sex that night. Yeah. Yeah. Consummate (laughs) that marriage and just pretend like the baby's his. Like, weird. The doctor... Yeah. I get, uh, Would the guy really know? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because at this point, she just missed... She just missed her period. Yeah, so she's what? Maybe two months? Yeah. She's okay. like not even showing. Right. Anyway. Apparently she's been eating a lot of cake. Yeah. I don't know. Like. <laughs> anyway, Marina is like, no, I have a man. What the hell are you talking about? Right. Wonderful. Okay, so Mo and I agree that if we were in Marina's shoes, we would just go ahead and try to get married. Yeah. It's not even worth trying to, like... Marina's being hard-headed. Yeah. For real. But at that age, I can understand, Mm-mm. you know, love is everything and not you want that guy. Not in the 1800s? Yeah. No. She's well, not acting like an 1800 bitch. She's like, okay, first, not only did she have premarital sex, but her baby daddy is across fighting in some war for an 1800s girl... Um, that's not a good look. And we would definitely try to scoop up the first, like, cute, halfway decent guy. Right, you don't even gotta be that nice. Right, exactly. That's where I'm at with it. I mean, if they got money, you find joy. Right. You find joy in your children and managing your household. Yes. (laughs) So, um, she's wanted by a lot of guys anyway, so it shouldn't be that hard for her to find. options. Yeah. Um, in later episodes, finding a husband, um, isn't hard for her. Um, she's just being stubborn because she's in love and we get it, but in 1813, you don't have that many choices. Not when you're pregnant with child. No. Okay. Daphne is, you guessed it, getting ready for another ball. Mm -hmm. We're excited. A few little events. (laughs) Guys, they stay booked and busy in this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mama, Mama Bridgerton is annoyed that Daphne is acting so aloof about the Duke. But Daphne reminds her, like, the Duke hasn't proposed yet. I need to keep my options open. Yes, we agree. We, we agree with that. Mm-hmm. She's she's being smart about this. There's no reason that Daphne should be, shouldn't be sampling all the men. Remember, she's only 21. Yep. So she should be sampling all the men until Simon decides to get his act together. <laughs> um, this is about as close to dating in the 1800s gets. So all of these men who are, like, showing interest in her are making appointments to come hang out with her. Yep. Which we talked about in our last Life in the 1813 section mm-hmm. of our last episode. Um, dating is a lot more formal and, like, thoughtful yeah. in 1800s. So, um, 
So Violet and Daphne talk a little bit more about marriage, and Violet gives some sage advice, I'd say. Mm -hmm. She says, marry the man who feels like your dearest friend. It's so sweet. So sweet. Because it's Simon. Yeah, exactly. That, I feel like she should be like, well, Di Simon is my dearest friend. But that yeah. it hasn't clicked for her yet, I don't no. think. Sierra and I both married men who we were friends with for years before dating. Yeah. Um, and I'd say our marriages are stronger for it. Oh, yeah. We're like solid. <laughs> Black love. <laughs> the best kind. Okay, so they get to the ball and people are having just so much fun dancing, drinking, laughing. This scene is really just fun to watch. Um, Simon and Daphne walk around the party and they play the room. Um, the Duke is pretending like he's like jealous. So he says, must I share your attention with every moon-eyed dandy? She literally I'm screams. like, okay. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, he may think he's pretending, but he's definitely <laughs> jealous in real life. Um, as we said before, it's not obvious in a show that, you know, how into Daphne Simon is. But in a book, we get all his thoughts. So it's very mm -hmm. clear from the moment he sees her that... He cares for her. Deeply, yeah, like he definitely... Is in love with her, really likes her. Yes. Um, Daphne dances, and, and the, at this ball, we actually get to see Daphne dance with a bunch of other men. Yeah, yeah. Like, men are coming up to her. She has that little card on mm -hmm. their wrist. So they have to write, the men write their names on this card, and it basically like saves their spot to dance with girls. <laughs> like, can you, put, can you put me down for number four? He's like, you got two <laughs> more spots on your card? I'll take that. Okay. All right. So she, he writes his name, a couple men write their name down on her card. Daphne is not interested in any of them. Mm -mm. They're like boring or they're boastful yep. or like just weird. Like one of them's like, oh yeah, my mom's going to come live with us. Even though her, the guy's dad is still alive. <laughs> He's like, my dad doesn't care. It's He's very like, weird. My dad set it up. He's Literally. like, yeah, take your mom, please. None <laughs> of these men. She's not interested in any of these men. And, you know, she probably thinks it's because they're boring and boastful and weird, mm -hmm. but... At the end of the day, she's in love already. Yep. She just doesn't know it yet. Um, Mama Bridgerton and Lady Danbury are ahead of the curve. They're mm -hmm. like, no, Simon and Daphne are a love match. They are in love with each other. So they're a lot more perceptive than our leading lady and man are. Right. Um, so next, everyone in the room turns to see the new arrival. Woo! Cormac McLaggen! <laughs> Another Harry Potter uh, crossover. Okay, guys, it's not actually McLagan. It in this in the Bridgerton world, he's Prince Prince Frederick, Frederick, Friedrich, Friedrich, Prince Friedrich, um, nephew of the Queen, Prussian prince, and the okay, King's is Heart Prussian? Child. Is it Prussian or Persian? Where's, Russia. Where do... Russia is current day Germany. Oh. I believe. I was like, I was like, I don't remember. A yeah, Prussian. <laughs> you read that one article where the girl connected it to Nazi Germany. Yeah, I don't know what she so was talking about. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to get into I'm that. I'm not even going to get into that. We're here, we're here for a good time. Not, not a long time. Right. Not a Nazi time. Not a cancel time. <laughs> we don't do that. No. So, yes, he's a Prussian prince, and he's basically the new heartthrob. He comes in looking all good. Mm -hmm. But once we realized that this was McLaggen, it was... It, it turned from cute to cornball real quick for yeah, me. I'm like, but, So for those of you who don't know, uh, Cormac McLaggen is Gryffindor's backup keeper. And the guy who... He was coming for Ron's spot! He, I do not like... No, he was sneaky. 
He was coming for Ron's spot on the Quidditch field and in the field of love. Mm-hmm. And I don't appreciate it. Trying to get at um, Hermione. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Gryffindor backup keeper and also the guy who barfed Dragon Balls all over Snape's shoes <laughs> at Slughorn's Christmas party yep. in Half-Blood Prince. Um, it's hard to see him... As a prince? As someone else. Cormac McLaggen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that at first. So once I found that out, I, when oh, I yeah. rewatched, I'm I like, oh. I, I think the first the first time I watched it... The second time we watched it, I the don't think. The second time yeah. I saw him again, and it wasn't until I think you told me, because you had read it somewhere, mm-hmm. I would not have... He looks different, and plus he has an accent. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why. Yeah. You can't tell people's accents. I, I don't hear. You I don't, don't hear, hear accents. accents. <laughs> I. <laughs> I. It's a part of me. I don't know what. I, it's I, amazing. I can't speak in a British accent. <laughs> I just hear regular talk when I listen to accents. <laughs> okay, so so the prince walks in with um, Queen Charlotte, and we have to give props mm. to that fro she's rocking. Yes. Oh my God, she looks so, so good. It's huge. Oh my God. I'm like, who was picking that out? Because I, <laughs> I love it. So it's a real work of art. Um, her hair is always amazing in the show, but mm. this is just like black power. The first time I 70s watched it, I guess. Vibes. I guess. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, that is beautiful. In 1813? Yeah. She came through. She's like, y'all gotta make room for my hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so she allows Mick um, Friedrich. I wrote... Oh, I see. Mc, McCormick McFriedrich. Yes. Got it. Yes. I'm like, oh, McClagan, did I miss it? McClagan? No. His oh, wait. McCor- what's McCormick? The Cormac is his first name. <laughs> the Pepper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. It's a okay, guys. We warned you in the beginning uh, that bo- we were bo- drinking. Bo- <laughs> I cannot even focus. Okay. Prince Friedrich. Yes. McCormick? No. <laughs> Cormick? No. Just Cormick? His, Cormack. His first name is Cormack, and his last name is McClaggan. Cormack? Cormack. Cormack. McClaggan. McClaggan. And Prince Friedrich. Yes. So together, Are the same people. Together they make Mick Frederick. <laughs> Got it. Friedrich. Oh. That's why I, I, I was reading a Frederick, but you're right, his name is Friedrich. <sighs> I wrote McFriedrich throughout this whole thing, so if it's easier, you need to just say the prince. I'm going to call him the prince okay. because even in my head, I kept saying the the Persian prince, and it's not Pers- Persian. Oh, yeah. No, it's Prussian. Prussian? Yep. To me, when you sat, like make it into one, like Persian. No. Prussian. It's still Prussian. Okay, yeah. got it. So she allows the prince to introduce himself to a few of the ladies, including Daphne's enemy, Miss Cowper. I hate her. Yeah, I don't love her at all. Um, she's super so extra. Um, the queen then quickly ushered him to Diamond Daph, of course. Daphne is cracking up and like she snorts because she's doing exactly what her and Simon predicted. He's doing exactly what her and Simon predicted um, that he do. He was goes up to ladies and he calls their dresses exquisite. <laughs> and then that's it. So... Um, I think this gives viewers a look into his unoriginal character, and he has no game. Zero. Yep. And our prince has that in common with his Wizarding World counterpart. Yeah, he had no <laughs> game with Hermione either. Nope. Um, in the Madis, we're moving along. We find out that one Sienna and Genevieve, 
I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's Genevieve. Genevieve, not mm-hmm. Genevieve. 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 Yeah. Gen of Eve. Genevieve. <laughs> Sienna and Genevieve are besties. Genevieve um, is the dressmaker. Yeah. Sienna is Anthony's ex boo. Mm-hmm. Um, Genevieve has been housing Sienna since she and Aunt broke up. Um, she's playing all these rich wives and girlies because she isn't really French and her accent is fake. This will be important in a later episode. It's a good accent. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, a little over the top. We don't speak French, yeah. but it sounded French. And she understands French. Yeah. So she could be French. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter because Genevieve says we make our own way in the world and we said, girl, do what you got to do. These people are rich. We're like middle Take class. their money. Yeah. So what does it matter? <laughs> Um, so the besties talk about Sienna finding a new man, and we cannot wait for this because she needs to leave Anthony alone. Yes. We cut to the club where Anthony, Simon, and Lord Featherington are gambling. She runs into Anthony, who always seems to be in women's business. He, everywhere she goes, he's like, Daphne? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you up? So they both are unable to light the stove because they are they literally have never had to in their entire lives. Yeah, this reminds me of when I went to college and learned that some people didn't know how to do laundry. That's ridiculous. Like, must be nice. Right. Um, The siblings settle on cold milk, and they talk a little bit about Simon and his issue with marriage. This scene is weird because it's, like, obvious that Daphne and Antony aren't very close. They both have a lot of pressure put put on them as firstborns. Um, and I feel like that impacts their ability to be close. They just have so many responsibilities and right. so much weight to carry yeah. being firstborn daughter and son. Um, that and the fact that Anthony is intent on keeping her unmarried. He just doesn't want her to have anything in life. Yeah. I don't even know if he has a problem with the new dudes. It's literally just the Duke. Yeah. Like now, now that um, Burbrook is gone. That's true. So this scene is awesome for... Um, almost verbatim to the scene in the book too. Yeah, they literally try to get some milk, can't light the stove. Mm-hmm. So they, it was it was a fine scene. It was cute. It I just, liked it. It just you could tell they aren't very close. Mm-hmm. The way they talk to each other so formally. formally yeah. yeah. So, guys, another day, another ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot happens in this scene. So we see Marina getting fitted for new dresses. Yep. Because apparently she's starting to show, which kind of gives us, I guess, a timeline. She has to be at least three months along, three four months along. Then, I don't know. It doesn't make it doesn't it's not it doesn't make sense it to me. It doesn't make sense because if we count the days the by the balls, only yeah. like four or five months. So yeah, whatever. I, she, but I guess you can gain a little weight, and she's locked yeah. in a room, and she can't walk anywhere, and she's eating cake all day. That's true. So maybe she could gain just a little bit. Yeah. From the time she got there to now. That's true. So, she, like I said, she's getting new dresses made. Genevieve mm-hmm. is super shady about it. She's like, oh, I must have taken the wrong measurement. I'm like, no, no the fuck you didn't. And you know you didn't. And you're being shady yep. about it. You probably are assuming that this girl's pregnant. Mind your business. Mind your business, Genevieve. Um, the Featheringtons and Bridgertons are heading to a gallery. So this isn't quite a ball. It's just... a they're going to like a museum. Yep, almost. it's the opening. So in the yeah. first episode, you get the first scene where like Daphne's in the carriage going to see the queen, yep. and you see the unfinished, mm-hmm. like an unfinished museum. 
And I think this is the finished music? That's what I'm yeah. assuming, right? Right. Okay. So it's filled with all these paintings, some of which the Duke has loaned from his mm-hmm. personal collection. Yep. Um, everyone, and by everyone I mean the ladies, are throwing themselves at Prince Frederick. Frederick. This man can't even get I out can't. the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> the the moment he pulls up with the horse, it's everybody's like, like, oh my God. It's too much. And I get he's a prince. But I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't show a lot of emotion, so I can't tell if it bothers him or not. He's so nonchalant. He's like, just like very, just like mm-hmm. I'm here. That's all. I'm just. I'm just here. I'm here to visit any, my aunt. I don't have any opinions about what's going on. I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> I'm just here doing what I need to do. Um. So the Bridgertons, like I said, are there, and Violet, very thoughtfully gives Antony a list of women that he should get to know because mm-hmm. she's sick of his bullshit. Mm-hmm. She's like, you need to get married now. I'm yep. sick of it. And basically all of her sons run away from her because <laughs> they don't want to get married. They're like 30 and like late 20s and yep. they don't want to get married. They're like, mom, we're chilling. Like They literally run from her, <laughs> these grown men. Um, the double standard regarding marriage mm-hmm. in this show is evident in all episodes. Um, this one especially you know, in the Bridgerton world, young women, the young women of the time, like, they can't wait to get married. That's, yep. like, their number one goal. While, like, their male peers are like, no, I will literally do any, I'll travel the world to get away from having to get married. Yep, they're like, okay, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to yep. do some traveling. And so it's a lot more common for men to get married later. Mm-hmm. The so then the women young. That's so what I'm like to marry all these old Yeah, dudes. I'm like so now we're stuck with all these old men. Cuz y'all was out traveling. Right. During the London season. <laughs> um so Lady Feathering and Featherington is trying to pawn Marina off on some super old dude He's so like we just old. said. He's so old. <laughs> and Marina is not having it. She's being super rude to the guy cuz she was like, "No, I'm not marrying this dude." She literally looks at him and is like, "I'm not talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why Lady F First thought is to find some old guy because a lot of there are a lot of younger, dumber men that she mm. can make this work with. Yes. Um, and all they need is a man who really likes Marina Which and wouldn't mind a child that wasn't theirs. Yeah, they're not doing the math. <laughs> right. They yeah. They don't care. Um, so we have a couple quick scenes in the same location. Here, Eloise and Penn are hanging out, looking at the art, and they are pretty unimpressed. Eloise, our favorite feminist makes a good point that all men's art is mediocre because they see women as decorative objects. Like, wow, Eloise is so Eloise smart. Eloise got some opinions yeah. going, let me tell you. Um, and Lady D discusses a piece with Benedict. Um, he totally rips the piece apart, <laughs> trying to sound all profound and art smart. Um, and Lady D then introduces Ben to the artist who was standing right next to them. Um, his name is Henry Granville. Very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Lady D let him embarrass himself. And it seems like Henry appreciates the honest critique, though. Yeah, but Benedict does literally, like, murder me. Yeah. He is Talking like, all that stuff. Right, he's like, why would you let me do that? And Lady Dammer is just like... <laughs> and, then, and then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> she is so evil. I love it. Um, across the room, the prince is trying to get some one-on-one time with... Daphne, mm-hmm. but she's just not into it. She literally is like looking over his shoulder because she's looking for you guessed it, <laughs> the Duke. Like she's just, and I feel kind of bad for him 
He's super nice. He's nice. Like, he isn't... He doesn't do anything mean. Yeah. I mean, he also doesn't do anything especially... I don't know. He just... He's very... He doesn't have a personality. Daphne likes that danger. She likes a bad boy. So... Like I said, she's not interested in the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sooner he realizes that, the so- the better for everyone. Yep. Because, like, stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> All these ladies want your attention. Please just pick one of them. Pick what does it matter? Yeah. Pick one of them. I'm over it. <laughs> so Daphne shakes off uh, Cormac. What's mm-hmm. his name? Frederick. Friedrich. Friedrich. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cormac. Um... She shakes him off and goes to find Simon alone, admiring some paintings in a separate room. Mm-hmm. I found the scene weird because they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be alone. Yeah. So does it count that they're alone in this room while other I, people are in another another room? I think there's no door. Like it's the no door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closed. It's no doors, and it's like a open concept type thing. Right. So maybe it's okay. I feel like the scene, the way it's shot, though, makes it makes the viewer notice that they're alone yeah. like the room is empty there's no one else in there mm-hmm. so i don't know i thought that was weird given how much they could get in trouble for being alone right so i don't know no very good observation <laughs> i'm so deep guys so good at analysis so we quickly find out that the painting he is admiring is one of his mother's favorite his late mother's favorite um according to lady d Daphne understands that the painting, she understands the painting on like a deep level. Um, I can't say I ever understood art, but she seems to get it. This scene does a good job of um, aligning Daphne with Simon's mother. And you get a good sense that the understanding and feeling that Daphne is able to pull from this painting is the same that Simon might have had when she was alive. I find this scene, I don't know. Guys, let us know. Do you go to art museums and really analyze art like this? She has basically an entire monologue yeah. about this painting. And I was, I didn't She's write like, one note. Like when you wake up on the countryside and, and you're the looking out the window. And I'm like, gra- no, I'm like, it's a sunset. A sunset. It literally is a field <laughs> with a sky. <laughs> and she's up in here like, it evokes these deep emotions. I'm like, I ain't never been in an art museum and felt that way. I'm That's- like, this is nice. <laughs> I like breeze through art mission. I like that color. That's me at That's art museum. Cute. That's <laughs> cute. That's cute. That's kind of cute. I went to the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, and Ooh. I literally was like, "Ooh, sunflowers!" <laughs> I'm like, "We're Starry Night at." Y'all got like, Starry Night. I was like, "This painting is chunky." <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What does the that paint, mean? He painted, and it, it kind of feels like he just like when it was textured. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> I'm like Junkie. That's me in art museum. So watching Daphne analyze this painting was, I don't know. I thought it was weird. I'm like, girl, it ain't that deep. We need to go to more art. We, I, been, I literally went to a museum in Italy and I was looking at stuff like, oh, what is that? Who is that? Is this, is that a guy? Okay. Jeffrey took me to the Louvre in France. Oh my goodness. And uh, so it was his second time. Mm-hmm. I, it was my first time. And him and his sister we're like, we don't need to see the Mona Lisa. We've already seen it. So we didn't see the Mona Lisa. No. They, they were like, it's not that big of a deal. And me, my first time out the country, I'm like, what? 
I want to see the Mona Lisa. So to this day, I haven't seen the Mona Lisa. Oh. Not a big deal. We're not well, I can pull people. up. I was, I was like, I can pull up a picture. <laughs> <laughs> you don't gotta fly all the way, friends, girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, this scene is where Daphne and Simon get real close. Mm-hmm. Like Daphne's ability to sort of feel what Simon's mom feels mm, mm-hmm. just draws him to her. Yes. Both figuratively and literally, guys. In Preach. this scene, you guys know I love these little intimacies. Mm-hmm. And we get like the first official like intentional intimacy between them. It's like this shy and awkward handhold. <laughs> oh my god, just thinking about it makes me so happy. But that Bitch Cressida, <laughs> oh my god, that bitch Cressida interrupts them. So they quickly just like hold hands and then she has to ruin the moment by swooning. Oh my god. She does it to grab, I was going to say Cormac again, what's his name? Prince Fred- Friedrich. Friedrich. <laughs> she does it, she swoons to grab his attention. Mm-hmm. And of course when she swoons, it everyone gasps and it interrupts this beautiful tender moment between Simon and Daphne. We'll talk more about swooning in our Life in 1813 London segment, so stay tuned for that. Yay! Okay, so after the gallery, Whistledown is quick to let everybody know that Daphne is not feeling Prince Prussia. No. Um, Much to the annoyance of the Queen, because she wants the diamond with her nephew. She says, you're the best match. Mm -hmm. So, make it work. She, she said, figure it out. I she was like, time. you're a prince. Charm her. <laughs> That's exactly how she said it. This scene's so funny because uh, the prince asks, like, hey, where's, where do they keep the king? And she's just like, ah. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Dang. Like, Back to Daphne. <laughs> so in our next scene, the Bridgerton uh, siblings are hanging out in the drawing room again. Daphne is working on this composition i mean our little pianist she is playing these same three and you know it's annoying to me i I thought it was annoying i'm like oh my god move on she was man playing these do 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 playing these same three notes over and over and over and she's stuck like she don't know how to move forward and then alone in your annoyance eloise was getting ready to rip her eloise was trying to read on the couch and she's just like for the love of God, like if she doesn't move on from these notes, um, so so she's stuck and metaphorically she is stuck. She's stuck on the Duke, and um, Eloise is reading, and in another area, so like in the next room over, Benedict is trying to draw. He's not interrupted by Daphne, but he he's, he's very focused on what he's doing. Yeah, and he's getting frustrated because he's drawing the same part over. So everybody in this episode in this scene is stuck. Yes. Um. We think that Benedict is... point. Yeah. Everybody in the scene is stuck. Girl, analysis. (laughs) (laughs) We can't analyze art, but we can analyze some TV. Listen. So, (laughs) Benedict is trying to prove himself um, that he can be more than just a critic. And it's hard to justify critiquing something you don't even do well yourself. So, he's working on it. Um, Eloise interrupts. Daphne after those three notes and to express her annoyance and this whole London season courting thing like 
this is totally random because Eloise just like snaps. Yeah, she's in a bad mood. Yeah, she's just, they weren't even talking before. They, Elo, um, Daphne like, was playing. She goes from like telling her to move on to, from the piano to being like, you, you're you stupid for wanting to be in love. <laughs> like, she, says, she says, you, cho- you choose to follow your heart and I choose to follow my mind. Like, okay, Eloise, we know you're smart. Um, and then during their, so they said that during their little heated debate, so both of their desires are valid, but Daphne is the only one who can truly pursue hers. Like, and I think that's why it's, Eloise is Yeah, so that's why it's irritating, yeah, yeah, because Eloise can't follow her passion. Right. Um, so despite Daphne and Eloise constantly being at each other's throats, um, they are overall very close and they yeah. like each other yeah I think they're close. it's just sister drama yeah you know um they're just different and we don't get sister drama because our sisters are 16 years younger <laughs> um we have yeah both of our sisters are like 11 and 12 so yeah. we don't really get i think my sister slammed the door in my face once because i wouldn't let her paint my nails or something this yeah i like didn't six. get any sister drama so I didn't get any brother drama either. No sibling drama because we're just too far apart. I had plenty of brother drama. We just beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. You guys were closer though. Yes, we were in, age. in age. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll have drama with you. And I'm like, Mm-mm. no. No drama. Miss it. Miss the drama in our lives. Um, so Eloise concedes and she says to Daphne, well, if you're going to be playing these three notes and making up your own songs, at least give it a name. Please. So Daphne smirks and she turns around and she keeps keeps playing that song. Go Daphne. <laughs> uh, we cut to Lady Featherington and Marina taking a visit to the local slum. <laughs> um, this kind of crazy. Like this scene is out of pocket. This scene, okay, you get all these beautiful colors when you get and to see the rich people. As soon as they get to the quote unquote slums, is gray dingy, dirty, gray, muted color. I'm like, dang, is this black and white? Like, right. it's just horrible. Everybody's clothes, they're gray. Yep. Black, gray, yep. browns. Yep. Lady, Lady Featherington basically thinks that she can scare Marina into marrying quickly. So she's like, if you don't get married, this is going to be your life. And Marina's literally, she looks around, she's like, I don't give a fuck. She's like, these are hardworking people. Yep. You're trying to scare me with hardworking people. And I think this obviously just shows like the huge gap in viewpoints between the Featheringtons mm-hmm. who have never wanted for anything and Marina who comes from a hardworking farm family. Yep. She's like, I don't look down on these people. Like, yeah, they're poor, but like they're doing the best they can with what they got. Mm-hmm. Now, Lady Featherington wouldn't last a day in this situation. Right. Marina, she's like, this, listen. If I could be with Sir George and our baby, we'll make it sign work. me up. We'll make it work. Mm-hmm. So, Lady Featherington, however, in the scene, is able to um, plant the seeds of doubt in mm-hmm. Marina's mind. Because yeah. she's like, well, has this Sir George even written you back since mm-hmm. you told him you're pregnant? You dumb little girl. She's like... <laughs> You know nothing. Like, and so Marina's like, "Damn, you right." <laughs> She's like, "He hasn't written me back. That's that's probably not good." And this goes back to what we were saying. I wouldn't be waiting around for Sir George. No, I'm not waiting. I don't know if you're coming back. You're at war, and I also don't know when you come back if you're gonna even want to marry me. Mm-hmm. 
Because men do that all the time. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. So we moved to Simon and Daphne having a little walk about the park. Um, supervised, of course, by Lady D and Mama Bridgerton. Um, Prince Friedrich is very aware of the couple, even though he's supposed to be like on this little mini date with um, Cressida. Cressida. Cressida is a... Her just name is a, Cressida It's an evil, evil name. She's a cow. Cressida Cowper. <laughs> so Daphne is still deeply thinking about marriage and what it means to be marriage. Um, for some reason, she thinks Simon, a man with no close family, <laughs> few close friends, and never have been, <laughs> be, never having been married, would be an, an authority on this topic. Um, Daphne is wondering what things keep people married. Specifically, are those things intangible? or physical mo had to explain this part to me nine different times because i yeah. i just don't get it do you um, get it now no but we shall plow on i'm gonna persevere yep um so simon argues the reasons fall into both categories right intangible, intangible and, and physical. physical maybe just because i don't really i get what intangible means I'm, it means like things you, you can't, can't grasp, have you can't grab you can't hold them yeah it's like ideas thoughts feelings okay so he's saying <laughs> they're both he's saying people stay married for those things and physical things okay i just i just don't see how the scene moved on to having a dis a discussion they just really wanted to talk about it i'm like he just y'all couldn't do a better it's like <laughs> it's like when men like hit you up on a dating app or like go into your dms mm -hmm. and they ask you like what food you like to eat and you respond like it's a normal conversation and then all of a sudden they're like so so do you, like they just ask like a weird sexual question and you're like where did this come from this is that scene yeah that scene i hate this. this scene i hate this scene <laughs> okay so they're talking about intangibles and physical things yes and um yeah so and then okay so daphne is trying to figure out how can something be both intangible and physical she doesn't correct because she doesn't know what sex is now, maybe, if I didn't know what sex was, I would understand that You'd be scene. confused like Daphne. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I don't get the scene. I don't like the scene. Um, Daphne don't get the scene either. She doesn't. She, doesn't. she, doesn't. <laughs> um, she is oblivious to that part of the relationship, and we are moving on from the scene. Because yes. I don't get it. So Simon doesn't want to explain how, he doesn't want to explain the physical things that keep a marriage together because he says it's not appropriate for them to talk and like And it's that. not. And in 1800. In 1800. And Daphne's like, come on, we're friends. Friends can talk about anything. And Simon is very uncomfortable, but he also wants to talk about masturbation. Mm -hmm. So this scene is weird because they go from just like, I wonder why people stay married. And Simon's like, ever masturbated? <laughs> That's how I read the scene. Like, this is so random to me. I'm like, <laughs> Daphne obviously has no idea what this is. He's like, when you're alone at night. And she's like, and I'm sleeping? And he's like, no. He's like, before you go to sleep. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, just go home and like touch yourself down there. And she's like, what? She's like, you can do that? Jeez. 
This oh, scene is, this scene is painful. Because he could have talked about physical desire without immediately jumping to masturbation. masturbation. Yeah. Men are men are just they're menaces to society. <laughs> <laughs> and two, y'all shouldn't be talking like this. No. Nope. First of all, you got your mom and godmom just a couple paces away from you. And Simon's like, touch yourself at night, Daphne. <laughs> like, what? Men are men are the weakest link. Okay. So, so we cut to another scene. Um, Eloise and Benedict, they have their late night smoke sesh. Love these. Yeah. Love these. They're such sweet little scenes between the two. The second born son and the second born daughter. Mama and Papa Bridgerton have much more understanding and loving relationship than the first born counterparts because they have fewer expectations placed on them. Eloise does not have time for Benedict's BS right now because he's complaining he's not feeling confident and starting art and working on his art. And Eloise is like, you're a man. You can literally do anything. Um, she's very wiser. Yeah. Their she's very wise. Yeah. Their relationship is a lot more honest yeah. than, say, like Daphne and Antony's. Mm -hmm. Like we said, Daphne and Antony are very formal when they talk to each other. I feel like Eloise and Benedict, they like tell each other the truth all the time. Yep, they do. They're oh. very open and mm -hmm. they're very vulnerable with each other. Yep. So we get another great quote from Eloise. It says, if you desire the sun and the moon, all you have to do is go out and shoot the sky. Um, some of us cannot. So, so such just. Yeah. She's only 17. Yeah. Wise words. Um, well, when you're stuck in the house and you can't do anything. Like all she be doing is reading. I know. <laughs> You become wise. That's true. Um, while Eloise loves Benedict, she cannot sit here and listen to him complain about what he doesn't feel confident in doing because she literally cannot do those things herself. Um, it's very difficult for Eloise to live in a 19th century society and even more difficult to listen to her brother complain. Right, because he can literally do whatever he wants. Mm hmm Um, <laughs> so we're now in Daphne's bedroom. <clears throat> If you remember, earlier in the day, she got a little sex ed yep. from her buddy, Simon. Um, you guys know what's about to happen. At 21 years old, she's about to have her first experience with self-exploration and pleasure. Uh, I'm happy Congratulations! for Congratulations! <laughs> Better late than never, I say. Mm -hmm. Um... Of course, she thinks about Simon before starting. She like looks at the white rose. I'm like, girl, you gotta. Ooh, how get... boring it yeah, must be. You gotta think <laughs> about something else. Like, picture him with a shirt off or something. She's like, a rose. Um, whatever. You know, get it how you live it. I guess. Um... She has no choice. <laughs> so we don't obviously get to see any of this happening. Um, the scene immediately cuts to the next morning. No, where... that's where, this is where they draw the line, huh? <laughs> this is where they draw the line. <laughs> they were like, we can't watch you guys, we can't have you guys watch her pleasure herself. Mm -mm. But stay tuned for the next few episodes, guys. Because they definitely don't mind sex scenes in this show. Right. Um, so yeah, we don't get to see her masturbate. We, it cuts immediately to the next morning where... Daphne miraculously is able to finish her composition. Ooh, she got out of that slump, didn't she? Yeah, she, she <laughs> feels a, a lot writer, better. That little writer's block. <laughs> um, and her mother 
you know, innocently and politely asks, like, oh, were you able to finally finish? <laughs> Daphne's just, like, smiling, like, all right! <laughs> okay, we here at Hoochin' and Hollerin' love an innuendo. Mm -hmm. I said this, like, three times on the phone, like, Mo, did you get that? Did you hear what she said? She just finished. You said what she said she finished. I, I told him all, like, four times. Like, did you see that? Okay, rewind. You see it? Oh, Daphne finished. All right, guys. <laughs> she finished. Um, that same day, Simon, Daphne goes, like she normally does, to go hang out with her friend, Simon, and just like, you know, hang out. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't go as planned. Mm. This is so heartbreaking. So Simon basically very coldly tells her that, that he's calling off their arrangement and he's leaving London immediately. Daphne is obviously confused, and she wonders if it has something to do with their conversation yesterday about, mm -hmm. you know... He, she's wondering if he's embarrassed by right. telling her the things that he told her. Um, he basically, and Simon's so mean in this. Yeah, he won't even look her in the he eyes. He won't even look at her in the eyes. He's like, you you were just a convenience. I'm bored now. We were never friends. And I gotta go. Uh, poor Daphne. Poor Daphne. Just like that Twilight scene, huh? Just like that New Moon <gasps> scene. Just like this it. This is just like the forest. Left her in the forest. <sighs> God, Simon is pulling a new moon Edward on yep. Daphne. Mm -hmm. And is Prince Friedrich Jacob then? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, guys. But the difference here is mm -hmm. Daphne does not wallow. Yep. Oh no. She's not a wallowing we're gonna, gal. We're going to get into it, guys. But Daphne, <laughs> let me tell you, she... Okay, Simon leaves. He's like, get me out of London. I can't be here anymore. He's essentially running away from his feelings. Yep. Um, Daphne spends the rest of the day crying in her bedroom. But that's about it. That's, that's it. That's all she allows herself to do. Yep. <laughs> well, she is strong. Yes. Um, I will touch on this scene briefly because uh. we are over this storyline. We cut to the opera house really quick and Sienna's hanging out. Or she's singing. No, she she's, sing she she's singing. singing. And sing. it comes perfectly. Be it like happens perfectly because Daphne is like in a room crying mm -hmm. and Sienna is singing this sad song. Just like a depressed. So opera is in Italian. Yeah. So we don't know what she's saying, but the emotions evoked from her yeah. are very relevant to what she and Daphne are going through. Yep. So they are sad. Um, after the performance, Angry Aunt visits Cece. <laughs> She was, he was trying to see if she's been messing with the Duke because in the earlier scene, your business. yeah, what, what does it matter? Cause Ugh. you can't be with me. So let me do what I got to do. Um, not that Simon could be with her either, but right. So what she need to stop talking to men she can't be with. She likes a powerful man. <laughs> yeah. With these men with all these titles. Right. Why don't you find you a middle-class man? You a Smith. <laughs> a blacksmith. <laughs> She's a whole opera oh singer. Um, she got her own money. She I, should, at least. I, feel like I don't has, know what she's spending it on. I don't know what she's got going on. <laughs> but, um, so he's trying to get her back, and she says, I shall always be the woman you love in the darkness, mm. but never in the light. Um, let's give her a standing ovation for yes. her performance on the stage and her performance in front of Anthony, she yeah. stands her ground and she says they're not going to be together. Because he tries, he tried. I, I thought at first she was going to give in 
And yeah. I was like, don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. Mm-hmm. And she did it. She, she's stronger than me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely would have gave it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, well, can you put some money in my ca- Like, <laughs> you know what? This could work. But then I'm also going to have another yeah. guy, though. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go about my life. Yeah. But I want Send you me to. some money. Yeah. Okay. So we come back to the Featherington house where Penn is finally, well, she finally received a letter from Marina's yes. baby daddy, Sir George. Finally. Um, as Marina reads it, you can tell right away that it is not good. Sir George has written that he wants nothing to do with her and the child can't be his. We find oh. out quickly in a little flashback scene that Lady Featherington and her ladies maid forged this letter. They're like looking and comparing the signatures. They that's forged the letter. That's a different type of evil. Yeah, that's messed up. That's forgery. They thought it was for her own good, but that's still lying. Um, this leaves the viewers hoping that um, it will work out for Marina in the end. Um, we're also allowing our hatred for Lady F and her nosy ladies maids to grow more intense. Um, They're not good characters. I don't think you're meant to like them. Yeah, for sure. They're, yeah, they're, they're villain. Horrible. Yes. villains um so instead of maybe using her husband's like wealth and his uh position yeah. right they could have found made you know found sir george and actually got a real response for him right but they did this instead so it's ridiculous and it proves that's how short-sighted she that's is that's my issue yeah. with it mm-hmm. because later on in the season that's exactly what happens yep you guys won't guess what's going to happen <laughs> in this next scene. You guys won't guess. Uh, We're going to another ball. These people, listen. This, this is a good ball. This is a fun this, ball. This is a fun one. This is, this is a good one. This is vengeance. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Before um, this ball, Violet is taking some time to talk to her firstborn. She, she again. comes again about the same shit she's been talking to him about since episode one, but this time she comes with a list of names. She comes, she's like, "Here you go." Yep. He's like, "What is what is this?" Mm-hmm. And it's fourteen eligible ladies <laughs> that he needs to choose from. Yep. Here you go. Here's your list. She said, "Figure it out." I'm tired of you. You want to be a lord? You better act like a- one. exactly. Um, this ball is spicy because there's so much going on. The yeah. queen. Um, she's showing obvious disdain dor- uh, toward Cressida. I feel like I'm always saying her name wrong. You're saying Cressida. It's Cressida. Cressida. Yeah. Cressida. It don't matter because we don't like her. Yeah. Marina has decided to forget Sir George and start looking for a husband. And Simon announces to Lady D that he will be leaving immediately. She's tired of him too. But the biggest scene <laughs> in this episode our girl diamond daphne she diamond of the first water daphne diamond bounce back bridgerton (laughs) she comes down the stairs this seems good so she comes in Mm -hmm. we haven't seen daphne basically since she was getting ready for the ball right we don't see what she was wearing or anything. So it's a very big reveal. Mm-hmm. She comes looking good as fuck. <laughs> She's in a white dress. No Bridgerton blue for no. this ball. <laughs> She's decked out in bling. And she has this like fluffy white fan. Yes. She looks 
She looks good. Her mom is so uncomfortable because she's 100% she's sure. Like, where is my daughter? Yeah, she's like, something's not right. What is wrong? Why? she? I think she can tell Daphne's upset. Yeah. And that she's acting out because she's upset. Yep. Yeah, so, Lady Bridgerton know her kids. She sure does. Um, Cormac. Nope, that's not his name. Friedrich. Friedrich. Um, it was in the middle of conversation with Cressida. He's like, she's like in the middle of telling him She something. almost secured the bag. And yet. So close. <laughs> he immediately just like leaves Cressida and goes over to Daphne. As she descends the staircase, everyone's watching her. And Daphne proves she knows exactly mm-hmm. how to get a man. Yep. She just like daintily drops her fan and watches as he picks it up. This scene, this scene, the power, <laughs> the power that has. She, this scene. She was like, I'm not new to this. She, it would have made it even better if she would have looked over at Simon and been like, the fuck did you think? You thought I couldn't get a man? Stop playing with me. I'm listen. This is a good scene. This okay. So calling back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. Simon being Edward. <laughs> back to Twilight. Okay. The prince being Jacob. Yep. Daphne's no. She's not on her Bella shit. No. She Bella like, was crying for months. I was like, Lord, they had to like unground her. Like, literally. you're not in trouble no more. Can Charlie you please, like, please get out my house? You've been looking out the window for four months. No, Daphne's like, okay, you don't want me? Fine, I'll go to the next, the better thing, not the next Yeah, she thing. actually dated up. She dated she up. She went from a duke to a prince. <laughs> get out my face. Get, stop playing with her. Simon's looking dumb. <laughs> At the ball, he's visibly And he's upset. huffing and puffing. Oh, you he's, did this. He's visibly upset, and he storms out of the ball. Everyone's watching like, damn, he's mad. <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know these people are watching you, and you decide to act like this. You're about to be in the next Whistle Down Papers, acting like that, huffing and puffing. And he does this dramatic look back in the door. He's like, huh. And then Storm, it's so funny. He's... This scene is packed with drama, and I'm here for it. We gotta love Shonda and yes. the creator, Chris. They oh, did a good job with this scene. Daphne done been with three men in two days. <laughs> she said, fine, you don't want me, someone yep. else does. Yep. Oh, I love that. Love that you know, for her. You know, I'm a, I'll say, I say this to everyone. You gotta get under someone to get over someone. Okay. I am a big believer, yeah. believer in that. Mm-hmm. If you want to move on, you gotta listen. wise words. Listen. If I you want to get over somebody, you gotta get, get under, under somebody. somebody. Okay. That's how I feel about it. All right. Work, works for me. Okay. So that's all that that's happens. Our recap. Yeah. That's our yeah. Recap. That's all that happens in episode three. That's all. <laughs> it wasn't long at all. <laughs> it didn't. When we were watching it, it didn't like, feel like a lot happened. Yeah. But then when we were reading through our notes, I was like. A lot happened, God, yeah. Damn. Oh, but next episode is gonna be so good. <laughs> good um, so yeah, this episode was packed with drama, and yeah, we gotta love Shonda and our creator Chris Van Dusen. Yeah, Dusen. Okay, so quick. The theme of this episode. Yeah, exploration. Yeah. Shall we explore <laughs> some examples? <laughs> I thought I was so clever. Um, 
I'm sorry. I was thinking about Hermione. <laughs> I was like, I thought I was so clever. <laughs> so the most obvious tie to the theme was Daphne and her exploration of love and intimacy. Yes. Our virgin of the first water took some big steps in womanhood this episode. She sure did. She did. Good we are you, very proud Daphne. of her. Yeah. Good for you. And she bounces back like this girl. Um, she explored deeper feelings for the Duke, even though she didn't realize it. And she explored the art of the swoon. She most importantly explored her body. Our girl so is learning important. all sorts of things this episode. Yeah. So important. Mm -hmm. And I say better late than never. But it was pretty late. But yeah. <laughs> better late than 21, never. yeah. Okay. Better late than never. I'm glad she's mm -hmm. coming into herself. Yep. And I think... And she's taking you, her power back. Like, Do you think she masturbated before that last ball? Maybe. Do you think that gave her the power? Yeah, but she would have been doing that over Simon. We gotta, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Cause she, he's a good-looking guy. Best-looking one in the show, for sure. Um, so Daphne is not the only one learning here. Simon also did a little exploring. He explored his options with Daphne. like The quick handhold. Yeah. And the... After the stern scolding from Lady D, he decided to break it off with Daphne because um, why get in the way of her fulfilling a life, you know, her life yeah, with so the prince? he's kind of working through his own... Yeah. That's tough. He's exploring his options. He's like, what options do I have if I do not want to marry anybody? Right. You have no options. You, you gotta go. Yeah. You, you have leave. to leave London and continue to be a rake because yep. you don't want to get married right. because of your dead father. <laughs> okay. Anyway... <laughs> I'm not mad at all. I know. So mad. Like, men, you see how fast Daphne can move on, but men cannot move on? The weakest link. I tell, Man. I tell you I'm sorry. The weakest link. Weak. Okay, so Benedict explored his passion for art. Um, after critiquing so much, he finally started to practice and take his own art seriously. Mm -hmm. And lastly, our dearest Miss Marina Thompson, she is exploring her options for a husband who can overlook her pregnancy. Um, with her lover and her baby daddy rejecting her, so she thinks. Um, she finally accepts that the fact that she will have to find a husband or be single forever. Tough stuff. I'm assuming that's how it worked here. You know, it worked back then that you I just. I like I would lie and say mm -hmm. the husband died in yeah. war. You gotta move though. You can't stay in oh, yeah, London. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'd have to move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just start a new life. Yeah. That's basically her <laughs> options. Um, but you know who needs to be exploring? Anthony. Oh, he needs to be exploring those 14 that names <laughs> that, that Mama Bridgerton gave him. We're sick of him. Can yes. You tell? Yes, very sick of him. Okay, it's time for us to share our favorite scene from season one, episode three of Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. uh, this is always really hard for me. I know. You, you go first. Okay, so, of course, my favorite scene is our Diamond Daphne. Where do I start? No blue dress in this scene. Um, we got this beautiful white dress. She is a star. Um, she basically moved on very quickly from Simon. Even though she really didn't move on, she appeared to have moved on. And she was like, okay, who is who am I going to marry? That is the most important thing right now. And she decided that she was going to go for the prince. And he liked her anyway, so it's easy. She got it in a bag. You know what song was playing in the back of my head during the scene? What? Freakum Dress by Beyonce. Oh. Right? <laughs> they should have had a freakum dress playing in the in the back yes. of the scene. Freakum the, dress violins. Yes. I think that would good. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish was Irish? What's her last name? Eilish? Eilish? 
it was playing in one of the balls. I just can't remember the song that was playing in this one. Jeffrey thought her name was Billie English. For a long time, he called her Billie English. Is her real name Billie Eilish? No. That can't be her real name. I'm not Billie? looking it up. I don't even care. Billie Eilish? Mm, Billie's care. cute. We don't care enough. Yeah, I was like, I'm not looking it up, so whatever. <laughs> um, yes, My she, favorite scene. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, you guys know that the little... In, so... No matter what, the little intimacies are always going to win out for me. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we get that cute little scene where they hold hands. Mm-hmm. My favorite scenes are the ones where Daphne and Simon forget that they're in a fake relationship. Yes. Because they love each other so much. So that scene is my favorite. It's just such a tender moment. They're talking about his mom, her favorite painting. <laughs> they hold hands. It's just so cute. It's very cute. Y'all know the cancer in me loves just those cute little, close little, oh, I don't know what the Virgo in me loves, but still. Okay, so. Order. (laughs) (laughs) What is order? That's why you can't stand Anthony, because he just be doing too much. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I don't like flighty people. They just, they stress me out, and I don't like to be stressed. You're like, let's let's stick to the plan. What what, what are we doing? (laughs) What's the end goal? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So each episode we're going to share our choice for incomparable. Um, this character, this is the character who impressed us the most overall and stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode's incomparable is. water Bridgerton yes yes again she wanted in episode one she wanted in episode three I don't care she can win it as many times as long as I she's mean the show's about her yeah it is about her and I'm sure next season it'll be about somebody else but anyway um that's our girl yeah she not only has all the like just regular people in the town fighting over her mm-hmm. she now has a prince yep and the Duke. That options. She's got, uh, my girl has options. Well, not many, but. It's not many. It seems like, from the outside, it seems like you got options, yeah. She's really, and the best part is, when Simon rejects her, she doesn't mope around. No. She moved on. She Next throw, day. She throws on that freaking dress. Go get you a man, girl. I love it. Wow. Okay. So each episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what life was like in 1813 London. So top off your drinks and get ready for a quick chat about the art of swooning. Swooning is found in literature as early as 1290 AD in the life of Mary Magdalene. In this story, a princess seems to pass in and out of consciousness during childbirth. In this story, the woman and child both seem to die, but are awoken from what is described as a long swoon to walk in their new life with Christ. Yeah, swooning is very... All the early depictions of swooning are connected to Christ Mm -hmm. um, and childbirth. Yeah. So it's basically like passing in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have that experience giving birth. I didn't pass out at all. I would be concerned if I passed out during childbirth. I was about to say, I hope I passed out so I don't remember what happened. <laughs> okay. 
Swoon of the Virgin mm-hmm. is um, depicted in many sculptures and paintings. It basically depicts the Virgin Mary fainting, mm-hmm. aka swooning, during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, there's no indication of this actually happening in the Bible, if we're considering the Bible a historical text. So the original depiction of the swoon was, like I said, connected to the severity of a mother's love. Mm-hmm. So through childbirth or Mary watching her son be murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the 18th century, the swoon had taken a different depiction of femininity, though. Um, basically, it was to depict a woman's uh, helplessness. Yeah. Like their vulnerability mm-hmm. to, um, to hysteria, illness, or like being sexually exploited. Um, in Bridgerton, the swoon is used in that respect. So when Cressida swoons in front of the prince, she does it in order to display her femininity mm-hmm. and hopefully win his affections. Yep. So, and Lady Whistledown talks about this a little bit in her paper. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know a real lady of the ton, a true debutante, is like an excellent swooner. Yeah. Because that somehow shows that you're vulnerable and men will like you. Yeah, because you seem weak. Because you seem weak. And they can take advantage of you. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. basically what it is. Um, Got me falling on my back for some man. Literally. I'm supposed to pass out to get a husband? And who about to catch me? They would have... This expensive I, dress? I wouldn't have lasted in 1800s. They would have had to burn me. Yep. Every episode we say, <laughs> burn me at the stake. We should have another segment called burn, burn me at the stake. I couldn't do it. <laughs> okay, so. That's our show for the day. That's our show. Um, thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, fun as always to talk about Bridgerton and get boozed up. This time we definitely did. This port, yeah, this, this, port. this port is strong. Is it? <laughs> um, oh. If you guys have didn't have a chance, mm-hmm. you should watch. Um, Brid- the cast of Bridgerton did a panel for the British Film Institute. Yep. Um, they had the creator Chris Van Dusen. They had the costume designer Christy Lang. Kirsty. Kirsty. I think her name is Kirsty. And it was that other. It was the other costume designer on there too. Yeah. That, um, that we mentioned in episode two. And it also had a lot of the main characters like uh, Red. Reggae, Reggae Jean Page. Who wow. plays the Duke. Phoebe, wow. who plays Daphne. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have Lady Danbury on there. Yep. And some other people, I think the Queen. Um, it aired on January 27th, and it's on the British Film Institute's YouTube. Yep. So you can watch it mm-hmm. if you'd it's like. Very good. It was fun. Yeah. Very fun. fun. Be sure to tune in next Thirsty Thursday for more Bridgerton hot takes and delicious cocktails. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate us five Five stars. stars. Five stars. If you're not going to give us five stars. Don't rate us then. Don't even listen to us. Dang. Five or nothing. Because we truly are diamonds of this season. We are.